This is The Culture Code with Kevin Cruz, founder and CEO of LeadX, the platform that helps you scale and sustain a high-performance culture. Hello, everyone. I'm Kevin Cruz. Welcome to Culture Code. Our guest today, I'm very excited. She is the Chief People Officer of Dropbox, Melanie Rosenwasser. Melanie, where are you joining us from today? Hi, Kevin. Thanks so much. I'm joining you from New York. From New York. And this is already representing that you're a virtual first workplace, right? True. Absolutely. I would have thought you'd be closer to your headquarters. So let's get into that. For those who don't know Dropbox, I'm a customer, so I know a lot about Dropbox. But tell us, what does Dropbox do? Where are they located? How big a company is it? Great. Yeah, so Dropbox is a cloud storage, file sync, and share company. Our mission is to design a more enlightened way of working. We have over 700 million customers who keep their most important stuff on Dropbox. And in fact, many of them run their entire business on Dropbox. We are headquartered in San Francisco, and we are 2,500 employees globally. Outside of storage, we have a number of other products. Uh, Dash, which is our AI-powered universal search tool. We have Dropbox AI, which is a new feature that lets customers quickly summarize and get information from their files. And we also do a uh, have a document, uh, DocSend product, which is a secure document sharing and tracking tool. And finally, a sign tool that allows you to sign, send, and manage legal docs. That's great. And when it comes to culture, which I'm just so passionate about, I mean, people even have different definitions of it or they describe it in different ways. So, I mean, in just a few words, like how would you describe the culture at Dropbox? Okay, so if I were to choose a few words, I would say one, technology-led, two, human-centric, and three, I think I would say work-life harmony. And notice you say harmony, not balance. Is that intentional? It was, yes. I'll let you uh, dive into that a little bit later because... What I want to get at is culture doesn't happen by accident. So you talk about, you know, tech-led, human-centric, work-life harmony. So what are some of the ways that you're fostering and sustaining that culture? Yeah, so in terms of being tech-led, Drew, who's our, our founder, is really an engineer first and a technologist at heart. And he's actually amongst like our most prolific and sophisticated coders. He often demos his own stuff to the company. It's incredibly inspiring, not only to our tech community, but, but for all employees. Uh, another way that we facilitate this is through what we call Dropbox Hack Week, which we conduct every summer. This is where we encourage employees to pause their day job and imagine what the future might look like, right, for our customers, our business, or even our own work life. One of our more popular products, it's called Capture, was actually developed out of Hack Week in response to the rise of distributed work. So this is like a visual communication tool that helps team members share their work and ideas asynchronously using things like video and screenshots. That's cool. When I think about culture, so I'm kind of old school and I think a lot of companies or executives when they talk about culture, they're really, you know, they want a high performance culture. And a lot of that has to do with engagement. Are we emotionally committed? Are we all in at, at work? And Gallup research, LeadX research shows that about 70% of engagement or the variance in engagement is tied back to who our manager is. It kind of the old saying is, you know, you join a company, but you might leave a bad boss. So I'm always fascinated by definition, frontline managers are sort of the, you know, the gatekeepers of engagement and culture to more team members than anyone else, just by the nature of their role in the organization. So tell me a little bit, like, how are you developing these frontline managers? What are you doing to support them? 
That's a great question. So manager capability is incredibly important generally, but especially in a virtual context, right? So managers need to have the skills to communicate goals, to build relationships, to create psychological safety in a remote world. Um, And we've always made manager training a top priority at Virtual First, and we've sort of refined our programming and talent processes to best support and invest in our managers. So, for example, we have things that we call high-impact leadership training, which is focused on skilling up leaders to be both results-driven and people-oriented. These trainings are structured to reinforce our values and company behaviors. We also offer tiered leadership experiences to support different levels of managers. So if you're you know, a first-time manager, the needs and skills look a little different than if you're more seasoned and our offerings are differentiated kind of based on where you are in that journey. We also have accelerator programs for top talent, and these include sort of in-person, uh, intensive kind of cohort-based learning, peer coaching pods, and external exec coaching. So this is something we take very, very seriously. And again, is incredibly important, especially as you're working remotely. Just for the listeners out there, you said a lot of great stuff in there and something that caught my ears when you talk about results-oriented, but also people-focused. And I know when I was a young entrepreneur, young and dumb in my 20s, it was all about the results. And it just wasn't even on my radar. It's like, it's getting the results, but then how you get results. And if you're not focused on the people part, those people might not be with you <laughs> for very long. You'll have different problems. Again. So it's so great that you're looking at both of those things. You mentioned both of those things equally. and You've talked about a lot already, unique programs, uh, training, but related to culture, is there anything, any specific initiatives or results that you're most proud of? Yeah, that's a great question. Recently, I've put into place what I call the Chief People Officer in Residence Program. So a number of my former leadership team members have actually gone on to become Chief People Officers. And while it's hard to lose top talent, I'm really proud that Dropbox has been sort of part of their journey. So I wanted to create a more formal program that harnesses the HR leadership experience here to leverage for future leadership opportunities, whether that's internal or external. In a little bit more detail, the CPO in Residence program is a nomination-based 18-month rotational development program, and we have assignments across different organizations in the people team, like HR business partner, executive recruiting, compensation. Other aspects of the program to highlight include things like job shadowing, board mentorship, and executive education. So this year's participant is actually being sponsored to attend the modern CHRO program at Cornell. So this is our first year doing it. We'll keep you posted on the results, but um, really, really exciting so far. Melanie, I talk to 100 chief people officers a year, right? And I've never heard anything that unique. And while other people might show up, like hopefully not a lot, but some people show up at work and be like, you know, who's the threat? Who's the competition and all that? You're saying, hey, I'm going to go get this CPO in residence and get someone all kinds of exposure and developmental talents. And it's going to be fascinating for me to see a year from now or when the first person graduates, you know, what their experience is like and all the rest. But that's inspiring. That's amazing. Yeah, I think this notion of kind of like, widening the aperture around developing talent. And I think so much of it now is around like, how do you keep people in your organization for as long as possible? I actually think part of it is we want to retain great talent, but part of it is also, you know, if someone's had an incredible journey at Dropbox that prepares them for their next amazing role externally, that's great, right? And we should be proud of that. And so I'm really excited about this. And again, we'll definitely keep you posted um, on how sort of our inaugural year goes here. That's great. 
So, you know, this is a, a short format show. So, you know, we could go deep on any of these, but we don't have a whole lot of minutes left. So a couple of fast things. So is there a particular book or it could be a podcast or a, even a movie or something? But is there something you'd recommend that your colleagues read or consume media wise? Great question. So, yes, the book I would recommend right now that I'm reading is called Dancing with Disruption by Linda Rossetti. This book explores the notion of embracing uncertainty and even hardship with the learning mindset. And it's brought to life through just these incredible personal stories. Uh, it has a number of exercises and frameworks to help put this into practice. I highly recommend it. I'm going to hit Amazon as soon as we are done with the interview because you had me at frameworks. I mean, first of all, anything this day and age about disruption, agility, et cetera, and then it's actually you know applicable. That sounds amazing. And what about, um, maybe it's going to be related. I don't know. Is there a skill or behavior? Like you could wave your magic wand and all your Dropbox colleagues would get a little better at this one thing. What might it be? Yes. Great question. For me, this would be design thinking or designing for the end user in mind. So of course our product managers and designers and engineers possess this skill, but we have less mastery of this in areas outside of these roles. So in HR, for example, we facilitate a large volume of employee related or employee experience programs, everything from performance management to training. We recently mapped out some user journeys and one stat that I'll share is that in one quarter alone, our managers received almost 240 Slack or email messages from the company. 42% of them were from the HR team. And it's like, why, right? More is not necessarily better. And we need to be designing for impact, not volume. So we have a huge push on this uh, this year and also next in terms of just leveling up our design thinking and removing friction from the employee experience. Wow. I really, that's such a specific case. And it's awesome that you shared that. I mean, I think a whole lot of people are now going to go back internally, their organization, like, hey, we ought to take a look at this thing. <laughs> What's our number at? <laughs> so um, let's wrap up with this. Uh, so much obviously going on at Dropbox, but what's exciting you the most about your company right now? You've probably heard this many times, uh, Kevin, but I would say generative AI is very top of mind for us and for everyone, really. And I think what's really exciting is how this technology can make our working lives better, right? The majority of our time spent on what we call a Dropbox work about work, searching for content, right, versus actually getting impactful work done. And we just see a massive opportunity here to leverage AI in a way that helps eliminate this work about work so you can focus, and I touched on a couple of our products kind of earlier that incorporate AI. And of course, the application of this is really relevant to virtual first, right? So we're effectively a distributed team building for distributed teams, which is sort of uniquely positioning us to bring products and tools to the market that support these new ways of working. Let me double click on the virtual first. So a lot of people probably don't know that. I mean, that was a company decision, you know, post-pandemic or during pandemic to, hey, this we're going virtual first forever. Like it wasn't just a short term, you fully embraced it. And I want to ask you about it because what we're seeing, certainly in like New York financial firms where it's like, hey, everybody's got to come back to the office now, enough's enough. And even in tech where it's now this hybrid where look, two, three days a week, you got to be in the office, which gives some flexibility, some amount of harmony, going back to that word, but you still have to physically live near the workplace. You've not You've not gone to hybrid or asked people to come back. So tell us a little bit about the philosophy and how you've been able to get that to work still with the thriving culture. Yeah, thank you. Uh, so we launched Virtual First in October of 2020. 
And in this model, remote, remote work is the primary experience for our employees, but we still come together as teams for planned in-person collaboration and connections. So things like offsites, strategy sessions, planning meetings, and we do this at least four times a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to your point, this is deliberately not a hybrid approach, right? We don't believe in mandating in-office days. The reason for that is that we worry that this could create two very different employee experiences, right, that may impact things like performance or even promotion velocity over time. So this notion of a level playing field was really a key principle of virtual first. And we do some unique things to support it, right? So we, for example, we facilitate what we call core collaboration hours. These are four-hour windows for meetings that overlap based on time zones. So, for example, core collaboration hours on the West Coast is 9 a.m. to 1 p.m., which overlaps for us on the East Coast, 12 to 4. And this allows time for things like deep work and, importantly, right, flexibility and agency over how your time outside of meetings is best spent. Right? We call these like our nonlinear work days. This could mean running an errand, taking a yoga class, dropping your child off at soccer practice during breaks in the day. Um, We really believe in these like personalized rituals to reset and energize throughout the day, which look different for everyone. And so the inherent flexibility that this creates is not to get to like a perfect work-life balance of 50-50. We know that's not how it works, right? But this notion of work-life harmony that we entrust our employees to facilitate in a way that that works best for them. And it's been great for us. And we've been doing it now uh, for a couple of years and, and we continue to learn and iterate. But for now, this is something that's really working for us. So Melanie, I'm going to invite you to go personal with your answer. You can always decline, of course. So I don't know how long you've been at Dropbox, but did you start working in San Francisco? Yeah. So I've been here for eight years. I'm a dinosaur. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I did start working in the office in San Francisco. And prior to to making this virtual first change, we were actually like 97% in office. And so when did you move to New York? I moved during the pandemic. So I moved two years ago in August. You might have been one of the only people to move to New York during the pandemic. <laughs> yes. They're all coming back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's true. So personally, I'm curious, what have you found, like, do you really like about now working virtual, primarily virtual, virtual first yourself? Yes. And what's something that you've had to adjust or how, what have you learned from the experience? This is a great question. There are so many things that I love about this model that I'm so grateful for. Most obviously, right, when my husband and I decided we wanted to have a family, coming to New York to be close to where our family was was just so important for the sake of just like community and support. And if we were not virtual first, I would never have been able to do this, right? I would have, I would have stayed in, in San Francisco. And so just having that flexibility. And again, you know, we talked about some of the ways in which we support this agency with my time, being able to carve out time for deep work and innovation. This is really rare and it's a gift. In terms of some of the adjustments that I've had to make, you need to be a lot more, I think, deliberate with how you're forging relationships in a remote work world. And to that end, right, anytime that I'm getting together with teams, I try to kind of pack in as much as I possibly can to really drive some of those relationships to have dinners, to be more social, right? Because it's often harder to do over Zoom. And so I'm really grateful that we have the kind of support to be able to travel to see our teams at least four times a year. And what it does is it kind of forces all of us when we do get together to make it special. So that's our mantra as we get together is like, make it special. You only have four times a year, so you have to make those times count. And so that's been a great learning and and something that, again, we we continue to learn from and support now. 
I want to thank Dropbox because, um, and we'll put this in the Forbes article and show notes for the podcast. Dropbox actually shares to the public a whole bunch of tools, a toolkit for remote, um, best practices, exercise, like really high quality stuff that you can find on your website. And we'll, we'll link to that. So thanks for being a great you know, organizational citizen and helping everyone else in this new world of work. And um, Melanie, thanks for spending time with us and sharing some of your secrets to great culture. Thank you so much for having me, Kevin. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the Culture Code Podcast. Are you looking to build, refine, or revamp a training program? We team up with companies like Northwestern Mutual, Cineos Health, and Duck Creek Technologies to roll out highly engaging training series for emerging leaders, new managers, women in leadership, high potential managers, sales enablement, and more. Check it out at leadx.org. What makes these series so uniquely engaging? We help you build a full system of development that leverages our cutting-edge platform and world-class training. We blend together world-class cohort-based virtual training and group coaching, personalized nudges, micro-learning, and on-demand office-hour-style coaching. Go check it out at leadx.org. Thank you.